0: Hi, I'm Bukeka. I'm the B. And I'm Enolia. And I'm the E. Together, we are B-Empowered. The
1: universe is calling, calling, calling. The universe is calling me to be. It's calling me to listen more, talk less, and hold the light. The universe is calling me to be. We believe that deep in our souls, we hold conversations, but for whatever reasons, we do not always take the
0: opportunity to speak from our hearts. We want you to imagine that you're sitting right here with us now, sipping a cup of tea or coffee at our dining room table, and we're having that conversation. You know, The one that encourages, inspires, and motivates you to the infinite possibilities that your life has to offer.
1: Let us help you to expand your imagination, to create your beautiful dream into reality. It starts right here and right now, because the universe is calling you to be. The universe is calling me to be, the universe. Is calling calling. The universe is calling me to be. It's calling me. Calling Welcome me. to another special episode of B E Empowered. My name is Bukeka. I'm the B, and I have my wonderful co-host here, Enolia. She is the E Enolia oh my gosh we are in for a treat today (laughs) we are yes we are so uh as many of you are accustomed to, to hearing us we are now providing episodes where you can see us in action and we wanted to do this with people that um we wanted you to get to know especially so this episode we are graced with the presence of crystal harris and crystal is an amazing actor but she's a mom and she is one that is using her voice for good in the world so we're really excited to have you here crystal and thank you so much for being a guest on our show be empowered on this episode
2: Oh my goodness! I'm so grateful to be here, honestly, and I got some good sleep last night, so I'm ready to talk. (laughs) (laughs) It is not normal for me to get sleep. I'm sleeping an average of four hours a night, so I think I got something like seven last night. I said, "Oh, I could do this."
0: (laughs) Wow, that has to be hard not getting enough rest every night.
2: I don't recommend it. You're not you're most successful if you're not resting, but sometimes it just I think I've been going like this for since September of last year, and it is oh. May right now. So almost a year of four hours sleeps. <laughs> oh,
0: wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, it just goes to show how much of a courageous woman that you are stepping up to the plate. And on that note, you know, Crystal, it's so great to have you here. And we want to just start from the beginning. I want to know who crystal is when crystal was like, just that little girl coming up because this is be empowered, right? So we all have an empowerment within us. Right. But at some point, well, let me, let me back up. We don't necessarily recognize that we have empowerment. And as we grow and we're growing up, there's some point in our lives. There's some point in our childhood or our teenagehood that, all of a sudden it's realized that if i don't step up to play, i don't speak up for myself, i'm going to be walked over like a doormat. i'm i'm going to be ignored or i'm not going to be heard or whatever the case may be. and for me, i know that that time came really really early in my life. and so before i start sharing because i could go on. <laughs> i want to know <laughs> <laughs> when did that time come on for you? When did that time come for you?
2: Um, When I really realized that I had a voice and I was powerful.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, it's hard to say because I'm gaining more power in myself every day. And learning to speak up for myself is is a evolving trait that has just somehow over my last 10 years really started to show up. But who I have been and... And what I'm about has been with me since I was about two years old. And I'm very, very aware, mainly because my mom tells me stories. But, you know, I was aware of what I was here to do from a very young age. And there's home movies to prove it. So I grew up in in northern California, a small town called uh, North San Juan. And in this town, it's like we were the only black family and, um, we had 18 acres of property. We had chicken farm on there. And I was like, I was just a real country girl. I never liked to wear shoes. I was very connected to the earth. Only time I wore shoes when I went to school and I would walk up through the honeysuckle bushes and to the backyard and go to our little school where we would call our teachers by their first names. And, and I would learn how to sew and knit. And it was just the greatest upbringing. I'm so grateful to my father for, bringing me there and to my mother for, for allowing it to happen because she's a city girl. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> so <laughs> I loved growing up there, and it really shaped me. That's That's when I became Crystal because one thing, and it's going to be really hard for a lot of people to understand this, but I'm going to try to say this in the most respectful way. I grew up not understanding that I had kind of this, this color label that would later eventually become a disability. Because sometimes when we box ourselves in as black women, we already know that there is things stacked up against us. Black men, black women, black people in, in general. So I didn't grow up really with that knowledge. I thought I was just like everybody else. And it didn't happen until I moved out from the country. And I know this is a fact that I didn't understand because when I was in like the second grade, I remember I got called the N-word for the first time. And it was me in line with this lady, with uh, this little girl, and I got the last chocolate milk and in the lunch line. And then she was just like, you're an N-word with big feet. And she was so upset about the chocolate milk. <laughs> and so I went home crying to my mom and I was like, you know, mom, is it, is it true? do i really have big feet <laughs> and so i didn't know what that word meant i didn't care about that word that wasn't an insult to me um and then my mom was like oh you know she's from chicago south side so she was like we got to we got to educate a little bit and it was then i was like oh so so this is this is like a problem i didn't know that cuz i just grew up like any other any other white kid to be honest i just was very very privileged i guess and that opened my mind to the possibilities that are limitless which is how i want us to always feel we shouldn't have to feel like we have these these things that are there in in the truth it is set up against us but if we kind of in our formative years didn't have that limit then our minds are shaped to do whatever we want to do in life and that's kind of also how i want my daughter to feel too it's like you can really do anything you set your mind to and don't adopt other people's um, other people's problems with with you just based on your skin color we're not going to adopt that you are powerful and you could do whatever and so that's how i came out and when i left that when i left that area and i moved further in i realized that it was something that even when i went to another school Now the black kids didn't want to accept me. And so I said, oh, we're just playing games here. We're really just throwing these things on to suit. However, you know, whatever upbringing we might've had, we're not telling the truth about the soul of the person. We're just trying to categorize it. So I'll play along. And so from then on, I was like, I could, I can understand just kind of this, um, this game that was being played with skin color
1: man that is so powerful i for one thing it brought me back to when i was growing up and i had that experience now when i had that experience it was 1967 or eight and i was acutely aware of what was going on because both my parents were actively involved in civil rights so my mother would tell me that I could say freedom now before I could say anything else. And we would be in marches and I was holding up my fist and all of that good stuff. So I was very aware that there was something going on. Even though obviously I couldn't articulate it as a three or four or five-year-old, um there it, it did come early on that I knew that there was something going on. Uh, that story that you told about being um Um, in an environment where there is an an element of privilege and then having someone say that to you is a a kind of a jarring moment because you're just you're, you're you're living in this reality of all is well I love myself my parents love me everything is working out for my good and then someone says that to you I remember how that translated to my son, as you were talking about. How does that impact raising your own children? So, my son, I remember the day he came to me. He was in tears. He said, "Mom, why do why do all the black kids tell me that I talk white? And why does that mean? Why is that? Why does it mean that being black or how black people talk?" is somewhat of a detriment so i really get how that whole thing of skin color impacts us in a way that we know that we're empowered we know that that we're it's hard (laughs) hard to articulate when we when we we know who we are but yet there's this whole set of circumstances that tells us uh, what we're not so it it's it's imperative, I think, that we do talk about this as Black women, because we're in a place now where a lot of that is shifting. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, where we have where, where the narrative is shifting, and we want to be able to speak to that to our to, in my case, my grandchildren, my 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 biracial <laughs> grandchildren, you know. What does that mean for them? And maintaining that the the mental freedom, the spiritual freedom. And understanding that there might be things said to you that uh, are from an era of an era of imprisonment, enslavement, and injustice.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And you know, it's interesting. I'm sitting here listening to both of you going, "Oh my gosh!" I I guess I had this like eclectic upraising because I went to private school, okay, and but I was the only one. You know, I was the only black. Uh, little girl in in my class for the first eight years of my life, except for one year. I begged and begged and begged my mother and father to let me go to public school for one year. And I ended up going to public school for one year. And that was the worst year of my my life because I ended up fighting. I didn't belong anywhere, right? So here I was, I had been raised in this this privileged circumstance of private school. So even down to the way I dress, And I came into public school when kids were being bused in from, from, from Jamaica. Okay. And I grew up in New York city. And so there I am in Bayside and I'm in a black neighborhood in a white town, but you know, Jamaica is where all of the black people are not a little neighborhood, just everyone else. And they're busing, they're, they're doing integration. So I was in those circumstances where, you know, there's one police, car in the middle of the street and all of the white kids are one side and all the black kids are on the other side. And that cop is praying that he gets backup because they're all about to fight in an explosive time. But it's interesting because my parents never, even though they had to deal with it in every respect, like my mother was the first black nursing unit, unit to ever graduate Grady Hospital in Atlanta when, when they never had a black nursing unit. She was the first of, uh, of, of, of the group of Blacks allowed to graduate. And, you know, my parents met in medical school, but they always have taught me from the moment that I was born that I could be anything and you see people as human beings. So mm-hmm. I didn't come up with this, it, you know, it's the Black movement, it's the this movement, it's the that movement or anything else like that. Human beings are human beings. And I remember my father saying, I don't care if the guy is black, white, purple, yellow, orange, if he doesn't treat you right, I'm gonna kick his butt. And i you know, they were all about people as human beings. And he said, they're, they're great people on all sides and they're terrible people on all sides. It doesn't matter. And this is coming from people, my parents were, born, my father was born in 1919, my mother was born in 1921. My mother had me at 48 years old. Wow. And so I listen to this and how I raise our boys with with my ex-husband at the time is the same way. We see people as human beings.
2: Yeah. And I think that you do see people as human beings naturally if you are left alone and nobody tries to throw labels on you or tell you that something is wrong with you. Or yeah. that something is right with you. So if the white kids aren't being told, oh, you have, you know, this this privilege, and you know, showing that to them, and the black kids are being told that you have this disadvantage and you're in, you're uh, disempowered and you have to go fight for your life, if you just have those kids just by themselves without that influence, then they're gonna automatically think, well, if a person treats me bad, then that person is bad, not that race is bad.
0: That comes right. from
2: the other stuff, even in my mother having to sit me down after I learned about the fact that I had big feet, um, she (laughs) she had to then tell me, no, this is this is what's what's happening. You know, the the history of of the skin color and why you are being treated this way. And but I had already set up so much of freedom in my mind that I was like, well, that's dumb. And it really is dumb and I don't, and I'm not going to play, especially when I then moved to the school where everybody was black and, and then they said that something was wrong with me because I wasn't talking right, like your son. Um, and you know, when I, somebody wanted to call me the B word as a friend term, I was like, oh, what's up? And I was like, oh, no, 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 we don't, don't call me mm. that. <laughs> and i are like, oh, okay. So you're so uppity. You think you're better than everybody else? No, I just prefer not to be called uh, my name is that okay and it's like well now she's explaining herself and yeah she thinks she's really cool well the problem is um those those kids just grew up differently and they are and they also are now starting to label so we we're, we're giving did we do a service to our children by telling them that something telling them about this history I don't know there's a funny it's funny I just um going back to school i had to do this placement test and there was a question on there that said is knowing about our history beneficial to us anymore and i just decided to take a a different like as you know we always hear if a man doesn't know his history he's doomed to repeat it right so i was like well i could go that way with this essay or i could explore the other side of it and the other side of it actually makes some sense to me because When we're learning this stuff, we are now just inputting it into our brain and now moving through life like this is what, you know, with these disadvantages and advantages. But if we didn't know, I wonder if we would make the same decisions if we weren't giving a roadmap.
0: I so agree with you, okay? (laughs) You know, I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this, you know, all throughout history and the history of the United States, we play on these things. Right. First, it was rich versus poor. Right. And then you give the rich people the upper upper hand. Right. Then it was black versus white. Right. And where the, the white have the upper hand. Then it was classism or it was, you know, whatever the case may be. I mean, we even saw it, you know, with 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 this whole pandemic. Right. Vaccinated versus unvaccinated and the vaccinated have more privileges. We, as a history, like to categorize separate people, give one of the other sides a little bit more power and then watch things fall out. And if we didn't give that any acknowledgement, if we just didn't give it, because this was breaking, you know, this whole last, what, two years, families were breaking up over, you know, who's this and who's that, and you don't believe in what I believe in and blah, 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 and we let we let big brother, I'll just name it that way, big yeah. brother get in our families, get between our love of one another and our, yeah. our, our, our yeah. yeah, go ahead.
2: It is a time-tested um, technique, yes. <laughs> you know? It's like <laughs> divide and conquer. That's a time-tested technique. But if we didn't know about that technique, would we automate is human nature want to automatically do that? Or is it because we're, we've been taught to do it? I don't know. It's nature versus nurture. Um, right. but it's something worth exploring. And if you can't explore it in the real world, then I'll explore it in my movies and my, and my books and stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, here, here, here's My take on it or where, my situation. And I, I mentioned a little bit about my, my parents, <clears throat> my mom passed away oh, about years ago, my father uh, is 86 will be 87 this year. He is Professor Emeritus at Central Michigan University course of study, civil rights and racism in America. Okay. Yes. So now here I am evolved into this woman who is very eclectic when it comes to spirituality. Um, when it comes to having this mindset or decision that all people, all walks of life are God's children, right? We are all perfect in, in every way. And, but we have, I have this history that says, no, 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 there's this group of people over here that are bad, 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 bad. And they're not <laughs> to be trusted, so forth and so on. And and obviously he's evolved over time too in terms of uh in in terms of his thinking, but in terms of his teaching, you know, that that's what I grew up on. That was that was the basis. And so I I remember times in my adult life as I was having these experiences of, of spirituality and acceptance of all and so forth where I felt like My dad gonna say about that? You know, (laughs) what's my father gonna say about that? But what I have found is in this time in his life, he looks listens to some of the things that I do on podcast and and the things that I write, and he's right there with me. So I think there's that element as you become come to that part in your life where you are able to see all people where you are able to know that that is not the full story that you do begin to embrace the fact that we are really all one. We all come from that same source. And um, the idea of separating is not as productive or obviously not as harmonious as knowing that we are all one.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Wow. Oh, such, a, such a topic to start us off. huh? <laughs>
0: Well, you know when you think about that though this is what shapes the strength within us right mm-hmm. because it's standing in your authenticity to say okay i see this and i see that and maybe i don't agree with any of it why yeah. why do i have to pick a side why do i have to you know feel comfortable only by fitting in when those may not be what reflects my sentiments you know, and that's why I asked the question, when did you feel empowered to be able to really stand in your own authenticity of, of not having to pick a side, but choosing you. And yeah, so I mean, I that out.
2: yeah. It's because when I grew up that way, I knew who I was. I got a chance to know Crystal and I, and you know, that was, that was, I knew it. I knew her. So, anybody who tried to say something else, I was like, well, that's not right. (laughs) That's not me. (laughs) Um, And so, it was just vital to have that moment in my life to where I could understand it. And then I could walk through life and just kind of understand other people a little bit more because I could see the influences that made them act certain ways. And so, for me, it also developed this empathy in me because I could see it's not it's not your fault you didn't get a chance to know you, and you're a beautiful person, but you don't you don't believe it yet, and so, so when I would move through life, I would find people, and I would, I guess I was a li- little bit of a, um, I, I don't want to talk like I'm this great person or anything. I just I did notice that a lot of underdogs or a lot of people would gravitate towards me. There was a girl in my fourth grade class who had had uh, selective mutism. And so for whatever reason, she decided she doesn't want to speak anymore. And so she didn't speak in, in school. She didn't speak to French. She didn't speak to parents. Um, and I found a way to play with her and, uh, we didn't have to speak. And then one day as we're walking home from school, she starts talking to me and it was the, most bizarre thing because I really didn't I didn't know what selective mutism was I actually did I thought she just didn't talk I thought she couldn't talk I uh, learned about that term much later and then she wound up speaking because I don't what for whatever reason she felt that I had put in the time and I was and she was comfortable with sharing her voice with me so I think um, that was another part of my life that I that started to develop that says I'm here to help. Other people find their purpose, and so today this crystal is extremely—I actually say—obsessed with helping people find their passion and their purpose. Because I think when when we walk away from it, that's when we have a lot of the issues that we have, depression, and um, we have a lot of trauma that leads to depression as well. But you just when you get away from your authentic self, <clears throat> it's and what you're what you're here to do you can get lost and -hmm. and it can be a scary place. And then you start doing scary things to yourself, to others, and you don't know why. And I really firmly believe it's because you got off track of why you're here and your purpose. And so I am when I meet people, I'm just obsessed with finding out what makes them tick because I want you to go do that thing. Go do that thing. You're supposed to do that thing. There's still time. So yeah.
1: So I really want to go uh, move on that direction as well. What, what, tell me what you are doing, tell us us, our audience, what is it that you're doing to help people connect to their purpose, express their purpose? What mediums are you using?
2: Yeah, so um, I'm a filmmaker, I'm a storyteller. So in telling stories, I think I can reach a larger audience than if I'm just having a one-on-one conversation with people. Um, and so I think this is a, this is a long-standing tradition to be a storyteller. I'm joining one of the longest, uh, jobs there is in our, in our universe really to start telling stories about where we are and, and what we do. So in doing that, I'm hoping to inspire some people who I, I want to tell stories that matter. So. I'm not just interested in just entertainment stuff. I want to reach people and connect to them, make them see themselves on screen and see the the characters go through transformation. And then for them to be inspired to go through their own transformation. Um, The project I did, I think we spoke about a while ago um, on our other interview, Um, that one was really... The New Jim Crow majority rules was really about telling real stories of people who are currently incarcerated, who are innocent. And once we get those real stories told, I'm not an attorney. I can't go and try these things. But once you realize what's really going on and the separation that was really put in place to divide and conquer, if you're sitting there watching that and that revs up your personal purpose, then you're supposed to go do that thing go help because there's, a, here's a real person whose story is being told, who is, yes, they're still in prison and you can do something about that. So I kind of wanted to tell stories like that. And then honestly, I do actually do this with almost everybody I come in contact with that I talk to. I just ask them, you know, and I, and it's the most beautiful thing when I can see somebody's eyes light up with this thing that they've always wanted to do, what they just, I can't do it. It's, it's like literally there's this light that comes into their eyes. And then the minute that they said, but yeah, I can't, or I didn't, that flicker goes off. It's, it's the most beautiful thing to watch. Not the, not the dimming of the light, but the finding of the light. And so, um, do anything I do. I hope that it will inspire people to go after theirs, because I really believe if we're all doing that, we're going to see our, our, um, race, our human race jump forward light years because we're all stuck right now trying to fight with each other because we're not fulfilled because we didn't do what we came here to do so try to get us back on track
1: (laughs) (laughs) what what would you say to that i mean wow
0: i i love it because i'm sitting here going so we all there, there are many roads to the same thing you know and so yours is through filmmaking mine is through just having my spiritual awakening and just you know i'm an orator i speak i know that i can motivate people i know that that storytelling component that you're talking about um i can call from my experiences and then share mine and then say learn from my story what's your experience and get them to talk again get them to unravel some of the things that they do or that they're feeling so that they can come to that raw place that they're so afraid of exposing or showing so that they can get to the to the the core of what it is that moves them and then move the fear out of the way so that they could actually move out of the story. You know, we all create stories and we create stories that we like to get stuck in. It's just like you were saying with the labels, right? Oh, well, I have to be angry right now because of racism and this and that and the injustice and everything else. Me, I don't have time to be angry. You can go. You can still be stuck in that story. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to create my story. I'm going to. uh, make my story such that as people move out of that space, that they have somewhere that they wanna go, that they have somewhere that they can explore, that they have somewhere that they can feel that they can be their authentic selves or see their their vulnerabilities as their strengths instead of being angry to protect everything like here and just be covered and, and hide. So I, I love it. I love the fact that in a way we're all connected. We all have this purpose and i think at the base core of our purpose is that we all have to hold light mm-hmm. right and that light meaning that when we're in that dark cave when you flicker us we change the environment of everything you might do it through filmmaking i might through, do it through women's empowerment speaking Bukeka does it through her beautiful song and her voice i mean we all might have our different ways but when you flicker that light the cave is no longer dark
2: oh i love that
0: That cave is light and we are that light. We're like beacons, we're like that lighthouse and we're shining, we're shining, and we're shining and we're saying, come out of the storm. We're here, come out of the storm. And then those who choose to come out of the storm, they come out of the storm. And those who choose to stay in the storm, there's nothing that we can do except be that beacon of light to flicker, flicker, flicker. And um, I wanna live my life that way. That's how I choose to live my
2: life. Yes. That's beautiful. I love that that uh, metaphor about the, the lighthouse, for sure. It's people who want to come in, they can. But if you want to stay in it, and there are people who choose to stay in it, there's nothing you can do. Uh, that, that old adage really um, works, that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Okay.
1: That's right. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: What about you, Bukeka?
1: Oh, my God. Gosh, you know, I, I thank you for just mentioning, you know how what are the ways in which we shine our light? And yes, i I do that through singing and and speaking. And one of the things I heard recently is that, even though a lot of people in the world are not awakened, and so therefore their thoughts, which are also energy, right, are, ones that are constrictive fearful and prohibitive in many ways but and there are a lot of people that that are in that space but for those of us who are not in that space where we are holding the light when we can look around at everything i was sharing with um some friends about how I, I love being in that space where I can just look at my sofa or look at my wall or look at my hands and look at my eyes and just appreciate and love to the maximum degree how how amazing that feeling is that even though there may be less or fewer people that are thinking in that way, the strength and the power of love, the strength and the power of light is so much more powerful than fear and darkness that even though there's fewer, it's still more powerful. And so right now, it appears that we're kind of in a, in a balance or I would say a neutrality, but that neutrality is shifting into more light and a lot of times when we see some of the tragedies, the things that are so far away from loving humanity, as we've seen in Texas, as we see in Ukraine, and all of these different places, and, and all the different incidents that have, that have happened, it it starts to you can start to see the measure of more people saying, we must be the light. All of the stories that we hear about people who forgive unconditionally in the face of, of harm, of, of, of intrepidation to themselves or family, that begins to increase the light in the world. So as we hold these talks and we continue on that conversation, it, it's a beautiful thing because we are contributing to the light in the world, the love in the world, which is shifting though I believe the whole planetary um, consciousness and structure where it's important that we continue to do this in individually and in conversation yeah
2: I mean if anything our our life is not um, you know promise. tomorrow's not promise. so really if we can live this way every day as much as we can well at least when it go when it happens your life was good you know, you know, you, you didn't spend the time stuck in the storm. You, you tried to try to figure out a way to get out every day. And you just made grateful for that life. And honestly, I, I think when it, when everybody, everybody is going to pass away at some point, so I'd rather make my days count, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm sitting here thinking too, you know, every one of us has a gift. And along the lines of growing up and everything, there's a moment when you just really like, I got to use my gift, I can't do this anymore. I can't hide behind anything anymore. When did that kind come for you, Crystal? For me, my gift was oration, right? I love to speak. I love to speak. But you know, here I am in a corporate job, right? And When I sat at the table with business meetings and everything else, right, and I'm in the typical all male scenario, they would shut me down. They would shut me down something terrible where I couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get a word in, you know, couldn't even contribute to the conversation, you know, or better yet, you contribute to the conversation, uh, and then two people later they repeat the same thing that you say and they make it their idea like they never heard you.
1: Oh gosh, yeah.
0: Oh, my gosh. And I had to find my voice. I had to find that gift within me. And the more that I pushed, then I was like, oh, I was the 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 bully, you know, I, I was trying to go head to head with people. I was too confrontational. I was too aggressive in meetings because I'm trying to where where's my space to stand on so that i could I could um, have my voice heard? And do you know when that voice came? when I met my first indigenous grandmother and I started studying with the Ojibwe nation grandmother, Isabel Mawasaki, and she showed me compassionate leadership. She showed me a way that it wasn't about interjecting and pushing my energy into anything, but it was about being so present that when I spoke, you couldn't help, but to just listen because I just waited my time and when my time came, my time was so powerful at that moment that it made everybody turn around. That's how I saw her speak. I got it. And I was laughing when you were saying that you were this little girl running around barefoot because it was my connection with nature that shifted it. It was my connection with, with, um, with being at peace with myself and trusting myself trusting myself and saying, okay, I can wait and not feeling like I had to prove myself to anybody. And it was that that time when it's like, okay, I'm going to speak. And when I speak, they're through me. And it was like it was like spirit speaking through me versus yeah. me, Enolia, trying to force my way in. So we all have that precipice. We all have that that moment. And it shifted because from, from learning with Grandmother Isabel on, never, always heard. Always seen and not forceful. And people would say, ooh, something happened. What what happened with you? And I wouldn't say, what are you talking about? Everything's the same. But I knew it wasn't. And it yeah. was about being in the land. It was about embracing different way and seeing life in a different view. I started seeing life in 360 degrees instead of one degree.
2: Psh. Yeah. That's powerful. Um, wow. I don't have like a a moment. I don't think, I mean, I have to think on it. What I will say is I have an old video of me when I was three, two or three, where my dad had just pulled out this new camcorder that he got and he was moving it around the house, trying to check all the functions of it. And then I was trying to be on camera and I was like, dad, dad, no, we're going to move it to the left down, down right here. Okay. Stay right there. That's it. All right. No, dad, don't, don't move. It. It's right there. Okay. Good. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, I'm name's crystal and I'm going to be doing a song for you today. Um, and I was directing at two, three years old. <laughs> and I was like, So I always was meant to do something with the screen. And so, um, that that's moved. That's been with me for this whole, my whole, iteration of life, I was just telling somebody yesterday, I just don't see myself, not in this version of life, not in this carnation, (laughs) will I be doing anything other than storytelling. This is what I'm supposed to do this time. But I will say that what really shifted things for me was when I gave over completely to trusting in my intuition and, and my spiritual guidance. Um, I have all, I'm a Pisces, so we're all very much connected. Yes. Very connected to our, um, to our intuition. And I remember one lady at one point, I was, went, I accompanied a friend on a reading and she, uh, she liked to do one for her birthday every year. And I said, oh, I've never done that. And the Bible told me not to do that. Don't consult with these people. My mom would be mad at me, but I'm gonna do it. Okay. So we go and we did, and she told me, she's like, you need to trust, like, really trust your intuition. And she said this one specifically, if you feel like there is a door that you're not supposed to go through, do not go through it. It could be dangerous for you. Just listen. And I was like, Oh yeah, you read about Pisces. You already know this stuff, but I did have some very serious encounters where that intuition saved my life, saved my life. There was, there was an incident where I was going to have a meeting and it, Every moment that I got closer to this meeting in this location up in Mulholland in um, In Los Angeles, there was this sense overwhelming sense of dread like my body was telling me no Don't go through that door. Don't go through that door Sweating getting just uncomfortable and I'm like this is just a this is just a meeting. Why am I getting to feel this way? and then um, as soon as I got to the gate to pull in it was like almost panic attack. And I said, okay, you know what? I'm gonna turn around. I'm just not gonna do this. I'm gonna turn around, I don't know why. I'm probably gonna feel very unprofessional, but I'm just not going in that door. And I turned around immediately, I just, this sense of calm started washing over me. So that was the biggest moment where I said, oh, intuition is for real. Um, That person turned out to be not a real, not who they said they were. Um, in terms of this industry stuff and, uh, and may have been involved in some disappearances of women in the Mulholland area. So very much saved my life because it was just this like strong sense. And after that, I said, maybe I should listen in this, this little spirit voice. <laughs> and I started listening to it, to it a lot more, including my big, crazy move to Atlanta from Los Angeles. Everybody knows that if you want to be in the industry, you got to be in LA. And I'd been there for years and this, I've made all my relationships. Why in the world would I move to another market that is, that is not like people move from that market after they've worked enough to go into the market I'm currently in, but it was strong. It said, you need to go, you need to go, you need to go. And I met the people I needed to meet to be here, to do what I am doing and things are moving so much smoother for me. Also being able to provide for my daughter in a way I've never been able to do before. You guys probably don't know this about me, but in 2019, I was on welfare and I was a single mom and I couldn't afford, like we weren't even making ends meet there and we were staying in a one bedroom apartment, um, just me and my daughter, and we weren't being able to even afford that. And I, within like months of me moving to Georgia, I was able to get into a house that's five bedrooms and I can afford it and I can send my daughter to private school all of a sudden and I can um, open a business and I don't have to work for anybody else anymore. We're three years later and how? Because the intuition told me, leave, there's something there for you. And so I listened and what my company is called it's crystal muse incorporated and i mean that seriously the muses like you were talking about I call them my muses they speak through me mm-hmm. in my writing they speak to me for my life and i listen because i think that they we are all very much connected and when you can listen to that voice it's most likely there because you put out a thought that you wanted certain things and it's telling you where to go to get the certain things <laughs> so that's just my little long-winded story about the shift. <laughs> Ugh.
1: I I'm I'm just yeah. bubbling. I'm bubbling over here, just bubbling over here. But, <laughs> you know, somebody's gonna listen to this, right? Somebody's gonna listen to this and see this. And they're gonna make a decision. They're gonna have a different. Or they're going to make a different decision of, of what they thought they were going to do, two minutes, three minutes, five minutes, an hour beforehand. And what I love about this is that right now, in, in my response of what I'm speaking to right now, is this the, the the immense synergy that is happening right now. I I am I am in love with this moment <laughs> right now because it's so it's it's so wonderful that. We can share these stories and somebody's gonna be impacted by these stories and it's gonna change their life. And that's why, every, why the three of us are right here right now. We all have our, our backgrounds, we have our stories of economics and family and things of that nature. But if that story, like Crystal that you're talking about, being that storyteller, is this a lot of it is our story, our personal story that is going to impact that is impacting the world and i really appreciate you going down that road of intuition because so many of us particularly women don't even trust our own intuition we don't trust ourselves We don't trust each other we we have there's this whole narrative of women connecting with women that seems to be um untrustworthy i don't know if you have ever run across that before but the fact that We are here as three women being able to share our story in in a way that's going to um, resonate with so many people to the point where they're going to make a different decision. They're going to choose something, a a better choice, because they listened to this. They took time to do that. So I, I really thank you for sharing that that part of you as well that's oh yeah of course
2: and you're right they're going to listen to it and then their own little voice is going to perk up and be like hey remember remember that thing go do it go do it (laughs) i love it
0: i love it too it's so so true because you know if you don't love yourself if you don't trust yourself. I always, you know, like I always love doing personal development because I feel like the personal development is the building blocks to whatever you build. You you have to have a strong foundation, and if you don't have a strong foundation, it's it's like one side's gonna sink, then the other side's gonna sink, then you don't trust yourself. The whole thing's gonna sink, and you're gonna go, well, why is my life so rocky? Why is my life all of this, that, and the other? And it's because you're repeating the same pattern of not trusting yourself, not you know, doing what everybody else says and, and, and doing what everyone perceives and doing what everyone judges, but you don't trust yourself enough to say, no, that's not me. That's not who I am. That's not what I do. Or you're working from a source of desperation so deeply that you, you feel like, well, I'm not going to get anything better. I I better do this. You know, no one's going to love me more. So I better love this, you know, um, that's not the place to be. And, and I think that that's, the wake-up call. The wake-up call is, you know, align, align. If you can trust yourself, then you're trusting God. If yeah. you can trust that inner voice within yourself, because we are the universe. We are that source. Source works through us. We are that power. Yeah. Each one of us. And it comes through us and we don't want to acknowledge it. That's why I always share with people, if you don't go to your soul's calling. Your soul always wants to outgrow your ego. That's why you're uncomfortable. That's why we evolve. That's what evolution is. Ego says, I'm comfortable right here in this little bubble. And soul goes, I wanna go over there in this outside of your bubble. Can you do it? And then yeah. we're like, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, oh. maybe, no, I can't, money, this, that. We use every the book, but the bottom line says, soul says, I wanna go over there. Please get there. And some of us, we dare to step into our power and we go, okay, I'm walking over there. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do that. Blah, 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 blah. It all aligns because that's where we're supposed to be.
2: Yes. And I want to make a note on that, what you just said, because there is a lot of doubt. And when you're talking to people about doing these crazy things, I don't want it to make it seem like it's just easy to do it and it's positive. And if you just think love and light, you're going to get there no it's hard it's there's a that other voice of doubt is going to be screaming just as loud and it's going to tell you every time a little thing that went a little south you're going to see why are you doing this i told you you couldn't do this you can't do this and it's important to for people to understand that that's going to happen you're going to have these these doubtful moments um but and you when you want to walk in this path it's not just being positive all the time but instead Recognizing when certain thoughts are not serving the purpose. Yes. So when, and you, you can have them, but just say, oh, I can, you're not here for good. Hold on. Let me, I don't know if I want to hang out with you right now. Let me push that over there. I'm going to go hang out with my good thoughts. And then sometimes, sometimes I'll be like, you know, I'm really feeling you right now. Can you just make me cry for a second and then I need you to go? Um, so you can still have your thoughts and just be aware of their purpose. And if you want to be in a moment, be in a moment, but don't let it last be in a moment, give yourself that time and be like, "Oh, this is really scary. I'm very scared. And I'm going to acknowledge that I'm really scared, but I still got to do it. I still got to do it. And the things will align. Like you said, they will, when you get over to where you're trying to go, having my daughter was a huge, huge, not right time in my life to do it. Uh, pilot season was happening and I wanted to be you know this actor and I I wanted it to go this way but you also said you always wanted to be a mom right well yeah but not like well you said you wanted to be a mom right okay okay I'll have the baby so have the baby and uh, well before I even have her let's just say that that year of pregnancy that nine months of pregnancy was the most lucrative of my life I worked more on camera than I had ever worked before like, and got bigger roles than I, and I was per regnant. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, so all that doubt was just telling me, oh yeah, don't, don't, uh, you can't do it. You can't do it. Not right now. But I said, yes. Okay. Yeah, I can do it. And then all aligned. You can't move to Atlanta. This is crazy. Friends literally like, she'll be back. No, I'm over here and I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know, everything will come through so you can have the doubts, Please let, I want everybody who's watching to know, don't think that you're not going to have doubts. Don't think that you're not going to not believe in yourself at times, but use it as a tool to strengthen your understanding of those thoughts and who, where they're coming from. Just recognize it. Do you want it right now? No, I'll hit you later. I want to go with this guy. Just start recognizing it. It's a practice. That's all. (laughs)
1: Wow. Well, this is what I'd love to do at this time first of all I know as that as a businesswoman uh, we you know we certainly want this platform to be a, a time for you to uh, like we said let your hair down drink your coffee have a chat uh, and at the same time if there are things that you want the audience to know about you how uh, um, they can connect with the work that you're doing I want you to have the opportunity to do that as well but the other thing is, what, what came to me is that each one of us, we have a saying or something that we kind of land on that we want people to to hear or to know. And so um, before we close, I'd like for each one of us to, to say what, what that is and because you're our guest today, Crystal. I wanted you to be able to have that that last word on that. So, okay. tell us a little bit about what you want people to know about you uh, as a, as a businesswoman. Uh, what what would you like your our audience to to hear?
2: Yes. Um, well, I am a like I said, a storyteller, and I just put out um, two books. One is it's a children's book for uh, that's basically on the law of attraction because I think teaching children how to utilize this now is going to be more when they're, when they're still in that limitless possibility land, let them learn how to use it now before we start getting into all of our grown up. We don't believe in magic. We're, we're doubtful about everything. And now we have to retrain ourselves. So if it's, it is a fiction story that's very fun. And then there's a workbook for parents who are more interested in kids really delving into, the themes present in the book and so it's called Magellan the magical or how dreams become real that's the story and then the book is called the dream journal a manifestation guide for kids so both of those came out this month and they are available uh Barnes and Noble Amazon from my website crystalmuseinc.com and and then we're going to be doing a lot more projects we're gearing up for a couple of uh short uh, short films and then a feature next year so I'm I'm getting it off the ground. I'm very, very excited because it's uh, we're expanding now. So I'm happy about that. Um, the thing I want people to kind of know, I don't know, there's always been this this saying that's always resonated with me and it's not my own, but it was, uh, don't put a question mark where God has put a period. That's It's actually a Joel Osteen quote, but when that one hit me, it was basically, if something feels closed, let it close. Stop trying to bang on a bang on a closed door. There's there is a another one. Look, there's open door right there. Um, <laughs> it's, go through the next one because there, it's closed for a reason. And so that one kind of carries me through. If it feels like if it carries me through for my auditions of things I don't book. It, you know, um, anything that doesn't, uh, relationships that end that you really thought they were going to go. I have no questions that ended. Okay. No question marks. Let's move on.
0: So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. 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 Uh, you know, Do you what... want to go back? Oh, me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was here thinking, Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> so everything that you need is already within yourself. Stop looking outside of yourself for the answers. If you can't find the answers, sit still. Go within. Ask within yourself. God speaks to us through our intuition, through our understanding, through that little voice in our heads. And honor what your heart and your soul says. Stop looking outside of yourself. Because when you listen to other people's judgments and you listen to other people's perceptions and you listen to all of this stuff, what you're doing is fulfilling their view, not yours. What is yours in lieu of theirs? Trust yourself. Answers are within. Sit still long enough to hear them. So I would say that.
2: I love it. I need to come see uh, you speak because it is soothing. It is powerful. Oh, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> that can happen. <laughs> um, you know, my uh, place where I stand is worthiness. I believe that when you know you are worthy, that it is not based on what you know how to do. It's not based on on what how much you have, that your worth is inherent. It is a God-given gift that you know that you are here for a reason, a purpose, and that it is valuable. So I always let people know and encourage people to know your worth, know your value, trust your yourself to know that you have an immense gift within you to share with the world. And it is meant to be shared. It is meant to be expressed. It is meant to be um, uh, a a gift to others as well. That gift you have is a gift to others as well. So know your worth. Know your worth.
2: Amen. All of those are, uh, wow. (laughs) I love you guys. Um, Thank you for sharing so much of this. This was so fun and I, I really appreciate having the space to be my more spiritual self here, Um, and so I appreciate that. I did forget to say, um, if anybody is on the gram, you can find me at Crystal M. Harris, and Crystal is spelled with a K, and um, that is my official name is Crystal M. Harris, not to be confused with other people who do other things who are named Crystal Harris. So always put that M in the middle, and if you need a reminder, it's the muse.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely.
0: What a joy and pleasure it was to have you on Be Empowered. Thank you so so much for coming and joining us. And thank you for showing us and showing the people out there that you know what? We are all extraordinary. Yes. We are all extraordinary. And it is through our acknowledgement of ourselves and just acknowledgement of our gifts and daring to step in our authenticity that we get to engage and embody and show that we are extraordinary. So thank you for being extraordinary and thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you guys and thank you for being extraordinary as well. I feel empowered.
1: (laughs) All, all right, right Well, thank you so much for watching and listening. We do appreciate all of you so much. We know that you have enjoyed. We know that you have enjoyed this episode of <laughs> the Empowered. Have a wonderful day, and we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye.
0: <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to bringing you more shows in the future. To learn more about our co-hosts, check out their websites www.bukecastyle.com and www.enolia.live. Learn about their master classes for conscious transformation, their personal coaching, along with their international retreats and expeditions. Are you an entrepreneur looking for another line of income? Check out www.planetmarketing.com/enolia www.planetmarketing.com slash bblakemore we are here to transform your life thank you for listening